research. And the second piece of it is understanding the unique value you bring to the table. So, I mean, you and I both work in marketing worlds, but we do it in different ways and we bring different value to people. So knowing that, knowing what it is for you and, and your value is based on a lot of things. It's, it is the results you can provide, but it's also your personality, your experience, your expertise, the way you connect with people, you know, all these things make you unique. So it's important to really tap into that because that's what will make you stand out. Hi, I'm Caitlin Pyatt, owner of Authentic Branding and Marketing, where I work with female entrepreneurs to brand, market, and grow their small businesses. I'm your host for this podcast, Startup Marketing. I'm a mom of three and entrepreneur, so if you ever hear little kids in the background, it's just my life, trying to make this all work while I build a business. I worked as a corporate marketer for over 12 years, where I focused on marketing and branding strategy, along with marketing management. Often, I heard small business owners say they weren't doing any marketing because they couldn't afford to outsource it to an agency and they didn't know how to do it themselves. When I started my business, I knew I could take my expertise and my experience to help women thrive by teaching them how to create strategic marketing plans they could feel confident about and show them the tools to make managing their marketing easy and efficient. So if you're an entrepreneur out there who's Googling how to brand and market your business, you've come to the right place. The goal of Startup Marketing is to make all of my marketing knowledge accessible and actionable so you can take it and level up your business. I'm a huge marketing nerd and I'm passionate about sharing everything I know with you. This podcast is genuinely one of my favorite things to create. So get ready to learn about all things marketing. Hello, Startup Marketing listeners. Today's going to be a great conversation. Do you know how I know that? I had to record it twice. Yep due to technical difficulties and or operator error, maybe even both, today's guest and I finished with our first interview only to discover it had not been recorded. So Stacy graciously agreed to do the entire interview over with me. Both conversations were great, which you'll just have to take my word for, right? So Stacy Hagen is a business coach and brand strategist at Create Coaching and Consulting, where she works with new business owners who want to grow their businesses and make an impact. She works with clients to build their brand while being themselves so they can serve more of their dream clients and make a living doing what they love. I really resonated with Stacy's message about creating an authentic brand when you're someone who's highly sensitive or an empath. I'm excited for you to hear this conversation, so let's dive in. Hi, Stacy, and welcome to Startup Marketing. I'm excited to have you here today. Hi, Caitlin. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So tell us a little bit about your background and what it is you do. Yeah, so I am a business coach and a brand strategist at Create Coaching and Consulting, and I work with female entrepreneurs who want to define their brand, clarify their message, and put themselves out there confidently. I love it. I think that's super necessary work right now. Um, it is hard being a coach. It is hard being an entrepreneur. And I think finding that confidence and really knowing how to build your brand is so critical to being successful out in the world, um, but so easy to get lost on. Totally. Yeah. And I think a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, come to business, not knowing a lot about marketing or mm -hmm. not being used to putting themselves out there. So it can feel really new and scary at first. So I do think it's important that people learn easy ways that they can do it. So it doesn't totally stall them out in their business. 
Absolutely. It is. Even as somebody who comes from a marketing background, like it's easy to get kind of caught up in like the grind and second guessing and wondering like, am I doing this the right way or should I change? So it's, and then marketing itself is overwhelming. If you've never done it before um, and you're just Googling things and trying to kind of figure it all out, there's so much there that having somebody who can kind of like focus you in and narrow you down is really helpful. Totally. My son came home with a stomach flu yesterday, so he can't go to school today. So oh, no. he's, <laughs> he's home in the background. Oh. We have not since the last time. I, I The first time I had to reschedule because my youngest was sick. And like, we've just had like this past three weeks have just been like illness after illness. We did all end up getting tested because like, oh, wow. it was just like, it just kept going and going. Yeah. And then, I got it and I got everything like, and I was just like, I, you know, we had like one week in between where we were all kind of healthy. And then this past week, like it just, my daughter got sick on Saturday night and then I was sick Sunday and Monday and Tuesday I woke up and I felt even worse. And I was like, okay. So thankfully nobody has COVID, but it's just like. (laughs) But you've still been sick. So yeah, it's just been one thing after the other. I was like, ugh. Uh, I am so ready for this to be done and over with. So. I bet. Um, so as I was prepping for this interview, I went to your website and I took your quiz, which like immediately attracted me because um, I'm a really big, firm believer in finding marketing strategies that really work for you, play to your strengths, complement who you are versus like forcing yourself into doing what everybody else is doing, which by the way, I'm a creative muse, which I felt like really kind of made sense for, for me. Um, but how can how can new entrepreneurs or really any entrepreneur who's maybe struggling, how can they go about finding the marketing strategies that work best for them in their business? Yeah, I love that you took the quiz and that you're a creative muse. So that's wonderful. Yes. Um, yeah, and like you said, I really believe that when it comes to marketing, the easiest way to market is usually the most effective way to market for us is based on our strengths. So that really requires some self-awareness, like knowing what you're naturally good at. And it's usually mm-hmm. those things you like doing and being willing to to double down and focus on those things and kind of shut out the rest of the marketing advice out there that can be so overwhelming. It is. And I think that's, it's advice that I always give my clients too, which is really just like play to your strengths because in in exactly what you said, like there's so much out there, it becomes overwhelming. And when you are trying to kind of do it all or force yourself into someone else's mold, nine times out of 10, it's going to end up draining you and you're not going to feel confident in what you're doing. It's not going to like inspire you or help you, you know, like excite you in any way. And so then it just becomes like this dreaded task that you have to get done versus when you kind of play to those strengths where, you know, like I'll use myself as an example, social media kind of drains my energy. So I do it, but it's not where I put a lot of like my time and my energy, but podcasting, speaking, those types of things like that really excites me. And so Mm -hmm. that's where I, that's kind of the foundation of my marketing plan for my own business because then it never feels like a task. It's something I get really excited about. 
Right. That's a that's a perfect example. Focusing on the things you love to do, and then there may, may there may be things you need to do for your business. Like you yeah. probably at least want to have a presence on social, but it's totally up to you how you show up and how you use that. And if your other activities are helping you attract clients, then there's no need to like overly focus on social. Right. Right. And I think that's like kind of what gets lost in the clutter right now because so many people, um, coaches especially, um, that and on Instagram in particular, like I've, I've said this in a bunch of other episodes, so people are probably tired of hearing it, but like there's so many coaches on Instagram who are just like, oh my gosh, like if you just kind of build out your Instagram and have like this amazing Instagram presence, then like you start attracting all of these clients. And like that can be, that can absolutely be true. But if that's not a space that you enjoy being in, like I know I was trying to force myself into that when I first started. And I was like, this is just, it stinks. Like it doesn't like light me up. It zaps all of my energy. And so then I was going into my client meetings and I was like, I don't even have anything to give you because I've just spent all day trying to like fit into the Instagram mold. Totally. And I think marketing in general, because there's so many people giving advice out there and, and people are giving advice based on what worked for them and what worked for them might not always work for you. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And the other thing to keep in mind is you know, you can decide how you want to use social media. Like if you could find a way for it's not draining, for it not to be draining for you, like maybe you only show up a couple times a week. Maybe you share snippets of your podcast or maybe you um, do speaking videos and find ways to tap into those strengths. But again, like if it's if it's burning you out, if it's depleting you of energy, then then there needs to be a better way. Because obviously the most important thing is to serve clients. And if you're spending all your time marketing, you're probably not focused on serving your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Like finding the things. And I like that idea actually of kind of like using snippets of my podcast or I've, I've done, I've started doing more videos, like you said, because it's really, it is about finding what works for you. And if you're not if you're not okay or you don't kind of like go down that path, like you just burn yourself out so quickly that yeah. it just it just makes you feel miserable. And then I it doesn't you don't portray yourself in like the best or your best self isn't coming out in that. It reads different to your ideal clients or customers, like as they're watching it. Like mm-hmm. people can kind of tell subconsciously like something isn't maybe like working for you. And right. so then it kind of makes them question like, is this like somebody I want to work with or, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's that energy factor. Like Mm -hmm. you can be prepared and you can be saying the right thing, but your energy is, if it tells a different story, people are going to pick up on that. And definitely like, if you don't want to be there, (laughs) people can also pick up on that as well. (laughs) For sure. For sure. (laughs) So remind me, you work with um, like health coaches and things like that. And you yourself are an empath, which mm-hmm. there's – explain. So – because this is something that I had to do some research on. Like explain yeah. what an empath is. Sure. And then I have a question like for you about building your brand as an empath. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. And I do work with a lot of like holistic and spiritual entrepreneurs uh, and many of which – and this is something I noticed over time. They have a tendency to be – highly sensitive people, empaths, many are introverts. And I think it makes a lot of sense because I resonate with all those things. So 
Yeah. So an empath is really someone who can kind of feel the energy of other people, feel the feelings of other people. And while it can be a real strength, especially for businesses like coaching or Mm -hmm. healing businesses, that can be a total strength. It can also be this very overwhelming thing, especially when it comes to marketing and being online, because you can, you can feel the energy when you're in an online space, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram. And if you're not careful, it can be super overwhelming. Absolutely. And so then how did you go about building your personal brand when like as an empath yourself and somebody who can like feel that energy? Yeah. You know, I think for those of us who are more sensitive, um, it can be easy to be pulled into other people's stuff. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it can be easy to see like, oh, this person is doing this thing and it's working great. I should do that. And I think everyone has a tendency to do that. But um, especially if you're sensitive, you might not realize like, oh, I'm, I'm not really staying true to myself. I'm kind of being sucked in by what these other people are saying. Mm-hmm. So for me and what I tell my clients to do is the very first thing you want to do is get clear on your own values and your own vision for your business and what you want your brand to be and how you want to show up, you know, mm-hmm. dis- despite what's going on in the outside world. And the thing is, the thing that you want, the business that you want, it might not look like anyone else's business. And that's yeah. why it's important to get clear on what that is first. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, it just really helps kind of give you the confidence because like if you go in not super clear, super sure, like who you want to be or what you what you kind of want to put out into whatever space you're going into – it's really easy then to kind of like start comparing yourself to other people and going like, well, okay, then I I don't know if I'm like as good as I think I am because now I see this person over here doing it. And so then you're just kind of like hopping around and trying to kind of change and like, you know, mold yourself into, again, what what you think you should be doing, um, which does you a disservice as an entrepreneur, because again, it's going to drain your energy. It's going to make it really difficult for you to like feel energized and motivated and like you're putting yourself forward. But then also like it creates some confusion with your brand because again, like people aren't quite sure what's going on. Like they're not going to, they're not necessarily gonna be able to look at your social media or your website or whatever channel it is and go, oh, I see what's happening here. Like she's constantly trying to like emulate somebody else. Just, it's going to be a subconscious thing where they're like, again, like something is just kind of off here and I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, exactly. I see a lot of, and it's unfortunate. I see a lot of new entrepreneurs constantly pivoting, like constantly, Mm -hmm. like you're in one business for a couple months and then you're in another. And that is, you know, a couple months is not even enough time to see your (laughs) business to grow first off. Right. And it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I hate to say this, but it's almost hard to take someone seriously when they're constantly changing their mm-hmm. business and they're totally pivoting to something else. So it's totally fine to pivot, but even with a pivot, you want to get really clear internally. What is this business that you want? What do you want to look? What do you want it to look like? Who do you want to serve? How do you want to show up and then put it out there? Mm-hmm. Don't constantly mm-hmm. be changing your title on Facebook or on Instagram because people are going to wonder like, what's up with this person? Is she legitimate? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, I think a really important takeaway and you will, 
you will end up iterating or pivoting or doing something over time. Um, you know, it might be like after six or seven months, you kind of start to clarify and you start making little changes and little tweaks and things like that. Um, I know for myself, like after a year, I'm like, okay, I've got a much clearer picture on who my audience is. And it's different than like what I initially envisioned when I started out based on like the clients that I have attracted. But there's been months and I haven't even like put it out there yet. You know, like it's, it's something that I'm still working on because there's, there's months of work that's going into what does that change look like? And then how does it happen in a way that feels good and natural to my current audience too, so that I don't alienate the people that I have attracted already. Yeah. It sounds like you're being really thoughtful about it. And that it's such a good point that you are going to iterate, you are going to evolve, like you want your business to evolve, but yeah. you, you want it to be doing so in a natural framework, um, you know, mm-hmm. and if you are making a drastic pivot, but you're pivoting to something that's like more meaningful and more aligned with you, I think definitely do it, but just make sure you're communicating it in a very authentic way. Right. And I think something too you have to consider is like, if it is a drastic pivot, it might mean like the end of your current um your current audience or your current space you know like if if you can find a way to parlay them and find a nice little like segue and still add value to your current audience while serving your new audience um that seems like a tall order uh it's something that like i wrestled with even you know there's there are differences in the people that i'm going to be serving um And it's very tempting to say like, well, I can keep serving them all, but I might not. I might not be able to. So I think like being able to communicate that and when the time comes to announce the change, to be very clear on like, here's how I am going to be showing up and how I'm going to be serving and recognize that like some people aren't going to stick around simply because it's just not it's not for them anymore. You're not yeah, serving them. Totally. And and I think it's we need to be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Like I actually I'm this is like a great example. But when I started out after my coach training, I wasn't sure what kind of coach I wanted to be. And I was actually a life coach for a while. And then I was a life and business coach for a while. And then I went more into business. And I did, of course, lose some of my life coaching audience when I pivoted, because if they don't have a business, my stuff might not be relevant. Yeah, And that's okay. And then, you know, it's a matter of attracting more of those people who are my ideal client now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for coaches, like, it's it's particularly hard because all of this process like feels very vulnerable, right? Like you're constantly um I think there's a lot of just nervousness like that goes into when you are pivoting um because it's it's just a change and you worry about like is this the right change? Am I making the right choice? And then when you put it out there like how is it going to be received? And and even in general like being a coach is it feels very vulnerable i think and so again when i when i go back to well then how do you want to show up like when you're playing to your strengths then at least like it's a little bit of a comfort zone right it's this yeah. like kind of safety net where you're like okay well no matter what happens at least like i'm showing up in a way that feels very genuine and authentic to me yes. and it's not going to um you know it's not it's not going to feel bad 
for me necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, that's a really important point. Like when you are always, you're always staying true to yourself, Mm -hmm. it's going to come across even if things are changing in your business. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely. So shifting gears a little bit, because this is something that like, um, I think you have some really great insight on, and it's a really, um, important topic, I think, but I think for coaches, it's really difficult to put yourself out there because as we're talking about like all this vulnerability, right? It sort of feels like bragging when you put out your accomplishments and all of the things that you are really great at because traditionally we've been told like you don't brag about yourself. That's a bad thing to do. You need to be humble. Um, But it's also very necessary to kind of build your business and demonstrate your value and your expertise. So how can we get past that? How can listeners get past that and speak authentically to their talents and to their services without feeling like they're doing something they shouldn't be because it feels like bragging? Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. And I, I feel like a lot of coaches can resonate with this as well as like anyone who is really the face and voice of their business. Cause mm-hmm. if you're a solopreneur, you are selling yourself, you're selling your services. And so a lot of stuff can come up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of fear of like rejection, what will people think? Um, the vulnerability factor, like you mentioned. So, um, so, but it, uh, but of course, when you have a business, you need to be able to talk about yourself and you need to be able to talk about your services because yeah. if you don't, no one will know that you can help them. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard it uh, said before that selling is serving and you can definitely think of selling as being serving, but I like to just think about even marketing is like just about sharing. It's sharing your business, sharing what you're up to and sharing how you can help. Mm-hmm. And when you can take when you can take the focus off yourself and on your ideal client, it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. how can I help? How can I be of service? How can I provide value? And that's just yeah. a total it's a totally way to different way to look at it that will, you know, make you less self-conscious. Absolutely. And I think too, like it's hard, especially for women, I think, to put themselves out there and do that in a way that feels like very authentic. But when one piece of advice that I've heard iterated in a few different ways is like if you talk about your services and the value you add in the same way that you would talk to your best friend about like a pair of jeans or wine that you purchase that you really, really love, then it doesn't ever come across as like salesy. It doesn't come across as braggy. Like you're just genuinely excited to talk about what it is you have to offer. And I think when you're really when you're really passionate and when you're really aligned in what you're offering, it comes across it doesn't come across as braggy because yeah. you're just like, this is, I am super excited about this. I'm really passionate about it. And it shows and people are able to hear it and they immediately like can identify it and go like, okay, there's something here. Yeah. She has like an energy to her that you just you can't 
you can't fabricate and you can't fake it. It just comes very naturally. Totally. And that all goes like what you're saying. It all goes back to that sense of inner alignment. Like when you're really aligned with the work that you're doing and you love what you're doing and you're, you know, that your offerings can help someone, you're going to be excited, you know, Mm -hmm. and just be willing to share that excitement with people. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to get comfortable too with like sharing the facts of your success or the facts of um, the value that you do bring. So when you are talking about it, and this is something I had a coaching session um, recently, like as I'm working on a new prospecting strategy for this pivot that I'm going to be doing, um, I worked with a gal. I met her in a local networking group and she's a sales coach. And I was like, I am going like, oh, it's Sarah Tucker. I've had her. She was my, she's one of my first guests. So if you are listening and you haven't listened to that episode, go back to Sarah Tucker. But, um, she helped me with my sales calls because I was like so intimidated by it. And I kept getting hung up on like, well, I'm afraid to say like the results that I've gotten with this because it feels like bragging. And I'm worried that somebody is going to like, look at that and take it as like an absolute, which in marketing, there's like no silver bullet. Just because I made it happen for one person doesn't mean I can make it happen for someone else. You know, like it's, um, it doesn't work that way. And I kept getting hung up. And so I kept like stripping all of the results out of my like pitches. And she was like, what are you doing? Like, you're taking away the story. And she was like, it's just the facts of your success. Like, you were able to implement this system and then help your client or that organization get their highest sales results in their history. She was like, that's just a fact. That's not, you know, that's not, that's not you bragging about anything. And that's not you, um, guaranteeing somebody else the exact same results. So I think too, thinking about and getting comfortable with speaking authentically to your talents and services also comes down to being comfortable with speaking to the facts of how you are helping them achieve those results. Yeah, exactly. And, and you bring up a good point, which is, you know, we need to know the results that we're providing to our clients. So you might know the results offhand, but you also want to, you know, every time you wrap up working with the client, you want to ask them what results they experienced and hear Mm -hmm. it directly from them and use that in your marketing. Because that is a basically a client testifying to, Hey, you helped me get these results. And, And that is a fact, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody is listening and they're struggling to communicate what they do and why it matters, do you have any tips or an exercise that listeners can do to to kind of better communicate what they're about? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'll give you some tips here. And I also do have a free uh, elevator pitch on my website. An elevator pitch is kind of the shortened version of what you do and the results that you provide. Uh, But you also want to have... uh, several different versions of it because you want to be able to talk about it like in your social media posts, uh, on your podcasts, on your website, copy everywhere. So mm-hmm. the first tip I would give everyone is to to know your ideal client. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think that they know their ideal client, but they're still very broad. So go as narrow as possible. And if you don't know, uh, that's a time where you want to do some market research and yeah. some interviews of either current clients, past clients, or if you don't have any, then some interviews with prospective clients. 
Yep. You really want to get to understand what they're struggling with and what they want from you. And then um, just as we talked about a minute ago, you want to know the results that you've um, been able to get for people. And that's where like client feedback forms can come in handy. So mm-hmm. know your mm-hmm. clients know what they're struggling with, know the results you provide. And then it's a matter of kind of tying that all together. Absolutely. I think that's, it's so important and people really underestimate like understanding who their target audience is. And when I start working with clients and I start building it out, um, that's like usually the first step that I start with. And it's, it's so hard and people are just like, well, I'm pretty sure, like you said, like, I think I know who I'm talking to, but it really does kind of drive everything that you do. Because if you if you aren't sure, then you're likely doing things that aren't moving the needle for your business in one way or another. And similarly, like people, again, they're watching you and going, okay, something sort of makes sense here, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily resonate with me. So then they assume that they're not for you. And like they maybe don't stick around and work with you in the in the way that they could and in the way that you know you can add value and really like help them solve a problem, address a challenge, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that's why the more specific you can be, the better. Mm-hmm. Like the more specific about your person, the better you can write copy directly to that person. So when they read your post or your blog or your website, they know immediately, oh yeah, she's for me. Because when mm-hmm. you're too broad, you're not going to attract anyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, so what tips then do you have for if if it feels like the market is really crowded and that you're struggling to stand out, which I think is can be the case with coaches right now, um, because it just seems like it's been like in 2020 probably like really ask like accelerated it, where there's so many coaches and it can feel like it's really hard to stand out in such a saturated market. So what can someone do if they're kind of looking at it going like, I don't even know if I can like be in this space. There's already so many. Yeah, I think I think it's really a two-step process. And if you are just entering the market, um, you you again, you want to do some market research before you just assume there's not a space for you. Do a little market research. Um, try to find some ideal clients or even people that you think are your ideal clients and interview them. See how you feel. See if you can help them. And you might even pivot at that point. You might narrow down mm-hmm. or you might pivot. So it's so important to do that research. And the second piece of it is understanding the unique value you bring to the table. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I both work in marketing worlds, but we do it in different ways and we bring different value to people. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, knowing what it is for you and and your value is based on a lot of things. It's, it is the results you can provide, but it's also your personality, your experience, your expertise, the way you connect with people, you know, all these things make you unique. So it's important to really tap into that because that's what will make you stand out. Yeah. I, I think that's so true. It's, um, again, it kind of goes back to like doing the things to doing the marketing strategies that really fit in well with who you are and being really confident in the results and communicating the facts of like what you've been able to do. And then really knowing like, here is what I bring to the table. And I think your point about doing Um, market research before you go out there is really important. And if you don't have clients, those 
prospective clients or the people you think are your clients, that's really, it's really good advice. Everyone should absolutely go and do that. And here, like, here's why, because sometimes you go out and you start talking to the people you think are going to be your ideal clients. And the more you talk to them, the more you learn they are not your ideal clients yes. for a variety of reasons. You know, like I I did this when I was first starting my business, when I kind of like had the idea and I was like, okay, I'm gonna good, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start a business. In my head, I was like, I'm going to, I'm gonna do marketing for small businesses. Now, why I thought that was like where I was gonna go, again, like I worked as a marketing manager for an instant for a financial institution. Like that and I had a whole department. I had people who had full time jobs that did like one piece of a puzzle, right? <laughs> that reported to me. So, why I thought I could do all of it for many organizations, like it doesn't make sense to me. But that's what I thought I was going to do. So, I started like interviewing local businesses and things like that. That I was like, okay, these are the people. Like, I frequent their shops all the time. I see their marketing. I know I can help them. I've got so many ideas. And I started talking to them and I kind of just asking them some questions like, you know, would you hire someone to do this? And just, you know, talking about hypothetically, like, here's what I think I can do. And at one point, I kind of like, I just asked them, like, what? what would you want someone like me to be able to do for you? And like, what price would you pay for that? And this one lady I was interviewing was like, well, I would basically want to be able to send you like any marketing project that I had. So whether I needed like an ad made or um, I just needed some social media stuff done. She was like, really anything marketing or website, I'd want to kind of send that to you and have you do it for me. And I'd probably only be able to pay about $200 a month. And she was like, and she knew, she was self-aware. She was like, and that's probably not what you are willing to work for. Yeah. It's funny because when you said that, I thought you were going to say $200 a week. And then you said $200 a month. <laughs> right. right. And you're like, uh, I no, like I can't even... <laughs> Yeah. I can't, I can't get that accomplished. But that moment was like a huge eye opening, you know, and I was doing a, um, a group interview at the time. And the other lady, I was like, she was like, oh, I would probably be able to pay a little bit more. Um, but their businesses were at very different places at the time. Um, but it was still like far below what I was going, like what I was, would be willing to do that kind of work for. And so it sparked. And in the moment I asked, well, okay, so if I can't work for you for that, or like you can't afford me, what if I could just teach you how to do all of those, all of those things? And you had somebody who could like show you so that at least you knew how to send an email confidently or how to update your website confidently or build a social media calendar for the next month or something like that. And they're like, oh, yes. That is something we would definitely pay for. A one and done expense is so much easier for me as a small business than like a continuous like outsourcing budget. And so then that kind of like sparked the business format that I was in. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's so valuable to you because what if you had just started your business based on your assumptions at some point? I mean, you would have to go through a process of failing and then going back to the drawing board. So you kind of, you figured it out at the beginning. Right. And so I think like, 
your point about talk to those prospective clients if you don't have any is absolutely it's it is very it is very very necessary to do because it's going to it's going to save you a lot of time and stress totally you know in advance it's not going to save you all of it but it will save right. you some <laughs> and it will help you the the thing that it does it it helps you choose a direction because mm-hmm. when i was pivoting from life to business i wasn't sure if i wanted to focus on like career coaching because i had just come from the corporate world so mm-hmm. i either wanted to coach like high achieving corporate women or women entrepreneurs and i really wasn't sure so i interviewed at least 10, I think more in 10 people in each group. And as I went through the corporate women interviews, I was like, you know what? I just, I don't want to coach these people. Not that there was anything wrong with them, but I had mentally left the corporate world and I just did not have any passion for it at Mm -hmm, all. mm -hmm. But when it came to like helping women entrepreneurs with branding, I felt so excited because, you know, they're starting something new with something they love doing. And I really felt like I could make a better impact there. Absolutely. And I think, and, and again, that goes back to like aligning yourself with what you're really passionate about. Um, and sometimes you'll iterate, like I, again, using myself as an example, like I started out and I was like, I'm going to focus on like entrepreneurs and, um, startups because again, I I think it was very similar to you in, in my journey where I was like, I am so mentally like out of the corporate environment that I just, I, I was like, I'm going to get as far away as possible as I want. And like, it's exciting to me and I like doing those kinds of things and I get satisfaction out of it. But it wasn't until I hosted like a recent workshop where I was actually teaching corporate marketers that I was like, I've so missed this. Like you are my people. And I just, I felt like that little spark of just like super excitement for the first time in a really long time. It wasn't that I wasn't excited about the other stuff I was doing, but this was just like a next level that I was like, oh, I guess I hadn't realized that like maybe I was missing this in quite the way that I was. And it just, and so again, and it's, and it sparks, it's sparked a journey and like, it's going to take me somewhere, but I didn't like immediately pivot and go, well, corporate marketers, here I come and here's all my new stuff. It's, it's, you know, there's been a lot of like exploration and thought that's gone into like, do I change? How do I change? What does that look like? So, yeah. And you bring up a good point. I mean, first of all, noticing the spark. So logically, you might have a logical idea of what you should be doing for your business, but it's really important, like, especially on the market research calls to notice where the spark comes from, notice where you feel excited and then realize like, it's not going to be like a light bulb moment and all the pieces of your business are there, but it's like following the breadcrumbs. Like, Ooh, this is really exciting. What is my next small step? And just like taking all the small steps along the path. Absolutely. And it was something that, again, like following that breadcrumb trail, if I looked back at the clients that I was attracting, they were more of those like corporate clients. And the kind of the referrals that I was getting were more like corporate, you know, because I was really excited about the work that I was doing there. Um, and so it was, it's, it was just like this really interesting change. And it was something that like, I had, like, as I was talking to people in networking groups, I'd be like, you know, I feel like, and they would say something along the lines of like, 
corporate marketing. And I'm like, I was like, I just couldn't seem to get away from it. But I was like, I was resisting the change for a lot of reasons. Um, not because I didn't want to change, but because I was like, I really am passionate about what I'm doing over here. But, and it kind of goes back to like your target audience and things like that. And so then when I broke it down and I was looking at like, okay, well, what are the, what, what is that target audience? What does that ideal client look like for me? And one of the things I always talk about is like, look at your sales data if you don't know and you have some. And who was I selling to? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, your data will tell you so much yeah. when it comes to marketing. Mm -hmm. But that that market research is critical. My dog, we have a puppy yeah. who is playing with our cat right now. Oh, really? He's, he's very excited and our cat is not. I, I feel like I only hear the puppy and not the cat. <laughs> yeah, he's like hissing and um, I don't know. <laughs> Hudson? Hudson? Can you get Kenner a toy and bring him into the room with you and and get him to stop? Our cat is very secure in his position in the household. So he's just like oh. sitting on the chair like, shush, Oh, shush. he's like, he's not having it. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's not intimidated. But the puppy is like, play with me, play with me, play with me. That's so funny. Um, so what advice do you have for someone who is struggling with making the change? Because it is like sometimes when you recognize that the change needs to happen, or even if you don't quite recognize it yet, but you yourself just don't feel really aligned with what you're supposed to be doing and you can tell something is off, but you don't quite know like how to make that change in your business. Like what advice do you have for someone who's struggling with that? Yeah, I think it can really be easy to get out of alignment and to get overwhelmed and to want to make decisions kind of like as a reaction to what's happening in the world. But you really want to make the right decisions for you. So what I would advise is for people just to take some time to themselves to get clear. So you might even have to shut out the noise. You might have to avoid social media. You might have to unsubscribe from email lists. Mm -hmm. And maybe you make a daily practice to do something that allows you to go inward, whether it's meditation or, you know, taking a walk outside in nature, maybe spending time to daydream, just getting really clear on, okay, if I could have, you know, the business I wanted, what would it look like? What would it feel like? Mm -hmm. And really mm -hmm. taking the time, giving yourself that time so that you aren't just making a knee jerk reaction, you're taking purposeful action. Yeah. I think that's really, really good advice. It's, um, Taking the, taking the time to get really clear on that and really understand um, your thoughts and your kind of feelings around it is really important because I think if you just sort of like you said, if you knee jerk to it, then it just doesn't feel – again, it's not going to feel right to you. Yeah. It's definitely not going to feel right to your audience um, and it's going to, again, leave people kind of questioning like what's what is this person about and what do – how do they help me if they're not super clear? Yeah. And I think that can kind of start the cycle of just spinning where you choose something, do it for a month and try something else. And that, you know, that's not a fun cycle to be in. So it's worth it to take the time to get clear. And if you're like really having trouble getting clear, the right coach can help you, but you want to make sure you're looking for a coach who can help you get clear and not just tell you what to do. So. Mm 
I think that's really good advice too, because I think it's very tempting when you're when you're in that mode to go. Um, I'm going to hire someone who's going to help give me clarity, but you kind of have to have some of that clarity going into that coaching experience so that you get the most value out of it. And it's not, um, you know, it's not just you paying someone a probably a fair amount of money because um, you're going to pay them like a decent amount of money, most likely, and then leave and not know what you need to get done. Yeah. You don't want to do that at all. And there, there all, there are coaches that will help you with that clarity piece. It's something that I, I do for my clients, but these are questions you need to ask when you're interviewing a coach to make Mm -hmm. sure that you're hiring someone who can help you with that versus someone who's just going to show you, these are the exact steps I did. And this is what I'm going to teach you to do. Cause yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, um, that's a good point that I hired a business coach. I wasn't super clear on what I necessarily wanted to do for my business. I was clear that I wanted to leave my corporate job. Mm -hmm. And so that was, you know, there was a, there was something there to kind of start with. And obviously I knew I was going to go into marketing. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to start a, piano business or whatever, (laughs) and like out of nowhere, you know? So there are people who do help with clarity and that can be really beneficial in terms of like pointing you down the right path or helping you kind of like explore that. But I think that's a really good distinction to make that if you are looking for that clarity, asking those questions of the coaches that you're potentially looking at versus is this, do I just need to understand a system or how to do something? Exactly. Um, Because, you know, like that's the kind of coach that I am. I am a coach Mm -hmm. who says like, I have a system and I show you how to implement it and use it and maximize it to get this result. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, like both of us in marketing taking very different approaches to it. Right, right. And if my client who doesn't always have clarity at the beginning came to you, it wouldn't be the right fit. And if your client came to me, it might not be the right fit, you know. So it's really important you know the right questions to ask the coach and you and you really understand what the coach is about as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think to kind of like put a neat little bow on this conversation because we've covered a lot of ground, but I feel like it really comes back to some very like main um, components, which is being very authentic and aligned in whatever marketing strategies you want to do and really knowing your target audience and making sure that like all of those things really tie themselves together. So then what is your go-to strategy for being your most authentic self in your business so you can make sure that you do all of those things? Mm, yeah, I, that's a great question. And I think it really is a it really is a practice of constantly like tuning into yourself and feeling like what feels aligned for you. It of course requires like setting up a strong foundation, which is like, okay, what is your business? Who are you serving? What are you serving? And then, you know, building your marketing from there. But even now when I start new things in my business, like I'm going to start a group program, I had to make sure that it felt aligned with me. Like what, where I'm at right now, it made Mm -hmm. sense, um, you know, that it felt aligned, like what I was going to share and how I was going to serve. And so it is really a constant practice of tapping in and seeing what feels good to you. And 
and a practice of also tuning out the noise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really have to tune out the noise, especially of, you know, competitors and other people in the space when I'm trying to get clear on what I want to do next. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I think that's really good advice because I I have found myself kind of like um, – I took a break from like all of my personal social media because I was like, I just can't, like, I can't be here anymore. (laughs) This is like, it's so draining to me. Um, And so I found myself like spending a lot more time in my professional social media and scrolling through the people that I follow, like as my business, because it was just so much more energizing to me. And like, there wasn't all of this like negativity and, and stuff like that. But I think that's a really good point and something I hadn't considered is like maybe even like in this season of change and as I prep for it, like stepping away from that because I – this clicked as you said it. I think I spend time – going through that and then it influences or makes me feel like it should influence the direction I want to go. So I think going back to something you said earlier too, which is like going in, knowing how you want to show up. And so tuning out, I think those are nice little like bookends to it to really like tune out then as you go through those changes so you can get back to coming really aligning and getting in tune with yourself so that when you come back, you are clear on Mm -hmm. this is who I am, what I offer, who my target audience is. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It can really help. I mean, definitely go inward first. And sometimes it's as easy as just hiding someone on social media, like just hide this person for 30 days. (laughs) Right. Oh yeah. 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 You don't have to unfollow them. Just totally pay attention to them. (laughs) And there is a time and place to look at what your competitors are doing, but it's not when you're in the figuring your own stuff out phase. Like you, you need to do that first. Yes, absolutely. So if Listeners want to connect with you. You've got a really awesome, very active, engaged Facebook group that has tons of information. Um, where can listeners find you there? How do they connect with you personally? Go ahead. Yeah. Like yourself. Yes. So my Facebook group is called uh, Build Your Brand, Be Yourself. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. And then my website is createcoachingconsulting.com. And that's where I have my um, quiz to find your show up superpower. And I also have my free elevator pitch there as well. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. All of those things will be linked in the show notes. I highly recommend that you check it out. I have been a member of the Facebook group for a few weeks now, and it is very like, I love the content that comes out of it. It's so thoughtful. It's very energizing. So I highly recommend it. And then obviously connecting with Stacey because she is clearly very great at what she does. So thank you so much for your time today. And, um, for all of the chaos that no <laughs> to plague me since we connected. Um, but genuinely, I appreciate all of your time and your expertise. It has been a great conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kaylin. And it's been a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. I hope if you're someone like me who is uneasy in your brand sometimes, and yes, it happens even to branding experts, that you've learned as much as I did through today's conversation. If you resonated with today's message and Stacey's advice for connecting authentically, be sure to download her free elevator pitch template, which you can find linked in the show notes. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Startup Marketing to help other listeners like you find this podcast. Until next time.